Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Maddie, great to see you as always. That's always a pleasure. And today we have the honor of being joined by another Badgers wide receiver. I, I didn't know this was turning into the wide receiver pod, but <laughs> what is this, like the fourth wide receiver we've had? I don't, I don't even know, man. A lot of pass catchers coming on this show lately, but I love it. I love it. We've got Jonathan Orr in the house. Jonathan, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Man, thank you guys so much for for having me. Huge fan of the show, and glad I uh, glad I get to be a part of it today. As most of you guys know, we're presented by BetOnline.ag, and it's better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav five zero to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. J.O., man, I miss you. Man, I, I miss you too, man. <laughs> I miss you, man. It's been a couple years. I want to say maybe homecoming before COVID was the last time uh, last time I saw you, man. It's but, been a, it's been a couple years. Where yeah. are you now? Detroit area. So so back home. Back home. Yeah, because yeah, you you're from Detroit. Yep, from Detroit, and uh, we were living in Nashville for about seven years, and and we looked up. We had three kids and no family. It was like, man, we got to get closer to family because my wife is from Chicago, so now we're, you know, my family's here. Her family's four hours away as opposed to eleven. So, so it was a good, good move, good move. Dude, that's yeah, it's a good move. That's why I moved to the Burbs. Also, you yeah. you like need extra hands all day. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. Is- I need a half an hour break. Give me a break. Um, wait, so Jay, where are you living, Matt? Matt, where are you at now? Oh, I am in Tarrytown, New York. So okay. I'm in the Burbs. Gotcha. My family's gotcha. all around okay. in Twesheser County, so we're all around. Okay. And Maddie Perkins is actually in Nashville. I am really. So, yep. Man, I didn't realize that. What part of Nashville are you in? Bellevue. Yeah, yeah. That's east, east, right? No, no, southwest, southwest, southwest. Okay. Yep. Southwest, okay. just uh, out past Belmead, um, oh, west, okay. west of like uh, Brentwood. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, we'll, we'll have to talk some Nashville today too then. <laughs> yes, we, yes, we will. Yeah. It's a jail. I really want to talk about what you're doing today because I actually think it's it's so important and um, the transition from like any sport to like life is it extremely tough. I don't think I did a good job with it. So, but I want to go back to like young J.O. Little young, young, young J.O. Um, You were obviously, you lived in Detroit. You were born in 83, but I'm older than you, which is so funny because I was born in 82 in December. It doesn't matter. Um, And 
you know, like what got you into football? Like what was like, what was J.O. like little elementary J.O. like? Man. So, um, so I, I grew up, I always tell people, we grew up in a, in a rough part of, of, uh, of Detroit and Northwest side. And, and we were kind of, um, surrounded by a lot of craziness, like violence and drugs and drug house, like next door and like that type of thing. But my, my, my parents, especially my father, man, they were very intentional about making sure that my brothers and I were involved in something outside of our neighborhood, um, just all the time. And so uh, my dad, he threw us in just about every sport you can think of. And uh, then when I was about eight, he took me to a Detroit Lions game, my brothers and I. I saw this guy named Barry Sanders play for the first time. And I'm like, this is what I want to do with my life. And so we asked our dad to sign us up and uh, for our local team. And he did. And uh, the West Side Broncos and and um, and about the age of they're like eight or nine, I, I realized like, man, this is what I want to do. I want to go to the NFL. I want to have a long career. And I always play receiver. I was always tall and thin. So they put me at receiver right away. And, and then I learned about this guy named Jerry Rice and tried to model uh, my little league uh, football days in high school after him. And and uh, so, yeah, man, about the age of eight or nine, I was sort of on this path, had this tunnel vision of not only going to the NFL, but but making a long career out of it. And you knew you wanted to be a wide receiver. It was just something about – actually, I, I like running back more when I was, like, young. Well, who um, throws the ball when you're eight or nine? You right. can't even hold the ball, right? Right. <laughs> right. And, and, then, and then I thought I was going to be a quarterback, like, in middle school years. Uh, but then – but just when it came to organized football, I was just always that receiver, man, and just developed a love for it. It was something about just – the art of running around catching the ball and all of that, that I just fell in love with. So we had, we had Lee Evans on a couple weeks ago and he and Chris Chambers were high school teammates and their high school ran a wing tee. And that just seems like such a waste of talent. <laughs> what was your high school offense? Were you getting the ball a lot in, in high school or like, Bro, so, yeah. What? So this is the crazy thing, right? So I went to Henry Ford high school and we, we had like our, 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 Head coach who's also the offensive coordinator. He's known as like a legend in Michigan as one of the greatest offensive minds in high school football. So we used to open it up, man. We had the num my sophomore year, we had the number one receiver in the state, right? My junior year, we had the number one quarterback in the state and the number one tight end in the country. And so we used to throw it. So just by sort of default, like I I, I had exposure and all of us did because it was always a new university recruiting at our school and so we used to we used to spread it out, man, and and uh, and we had good running backs too. So you know we had to keep defenses honest, and so yeah. Wait, that's amazing, because you because I mean, who wastes Lee Evans' talent in high school running the wing tee? But your coach had the mindset to say, "Hey, we're gonna throw it. We got the guys. We're gonna yeah. do it." Yeah. So when you're on that team, like when you're watching these guys as a sophomore, were you playing as a sophomore? So I did, man. It was I was one of only like uh, it was three of us that were sophomores on varsity, and so um, I didn't play a whole lot. I would kind of we were blowing teams out, and I would kind of get the the scrap minutes at the end. Um, I remember towards the end of the season, soph sophomore year, uh, I got a touchdown, man. And I and and that and that's that's kind of when the light came on. Like, oh no, man, I might be able to to do something with this. Uh, you know, here in high school, because you never really know, at least I didn't growing up, like, you know, little league, everybody's, you know, you have some good days, bad days, but I, but yeah, scoring that touchdown, that's when the light came on that I, you know, I, I kind of belong here at the high school level. So. Wait, that's great. So as a sophomore, so then what, what was the transition from your sophomore year to junior year? Now you're, are you starter? 
you guys are working in the offseason? Like, what's that like? Yeah, man. So so we had the number again, the number one quarterback in the state, number one tight end in the country. And so they 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 were the show. Right. And and so uh, but all of our receivers the previous year, we had 13 guys get offers and go to college. Right. And of those three of those were receivers. So the receiver job was wide open. So uh, just competing in the offseason, ended up earning it. Um, one of the starting receiver positions right before camp. And we were a season opener. We were going against our rival, and uh, and again at this point, I, I don't, you know, I, I think I can do something with this. I, I think I have some level of talent, um, but I ended up uh, having a great first game, and and I was working at Target at the time, right? I was splitting my time between like Target. I would miss practice sometime because I would have to go to Target, and my checks was like eighty bucks. And then, after, <laughs> and, then, and then after that that junior that first game junior year, I scored a couple of touchdowns, some bombs, and. I had to let Target go. Like, you know, let me focus on this. <laughs> let, me, let me focus on football a little bit, see where this takes takes me. So, yeah. Dude, I love that. Yeah, you had to let Target go. I'm, I, I had to let it go. <laughs> oh, man. So, junior year was really your breakout year. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was a breakout year. Yep. Were you getting a lot of, um, like, coaches talking to you, getting a lot of letters phone call stuff like that yeah the, the letter started uh junior year and then after my junior year season i got my first offer um letter from from ohio state come uh, on yeah ohio state i remember my coach was like i have something for you and this is before social media right this is before cell know, phones pretty much yeah yeah right and all of that and, and and i'm like you know what do you have for me and i was you know getting regular recruitment letters he was like ohio state and i opened it up and and he was like, man, they offered you a, a, you know, a scholarship. And I just remember just, you know, I wasn't even expecting it. Right. Like, again, all this is new. So I didn't know how that would unfold. And, and I was hoping I, you know, would eventually get offered. And, and so um, that definitely uh, gave me a, a jolt of uh, confidence and uh, and then got, you know, some more offers throughout junior year and senior year. So. Wait, dude, Ohio State was your first letter that said, yeah, like, man. we want you to play here on a full ride. Yes, man. Uh, John, so my Wait, dad. That's, my, that's a lot better than the letters I got. Man, my, my, my dad is somewhere around here. Yeah, my dad saved all that stuff. So my parents, that's cool. the last couple of years, they've been making us get all our stuff out of their uh, their home. And so, uh, so yeah, I actually found a book where my dad saved all of my offered letters. And, and so, yeah, Ohio State was the first one. Spring of junior year, yeah. Dude, that could be, I mean, what's better than that like what's but, but you know what's I, crazy so growing up in michigan like you, you would think like yeah that's cool but i hated ohio state right like i grew up <laughs> a michigan fan and so it was cool to get an offer but i'm like there's no way like it wasn't even i never even considered it right like is, is that the mindset of like people who grow up in michigan it, it, especially back then i think nowadays you know kids are a little more open and understand the business aspect of it too but for me it was like there's no way man like yeah, right. So I'm as a junior, what was number one? Was Michigan number one? So man, I grew up a, a huge Michigan fan, man. Um, but then uh, they really didn't recruit me. Uh, really? Yeah, late, like after senior season, and then they showed a little more interest. It was because I think some other folks fell through and and all of that. But uh, honestly, a lot of guys from my high school went to Michigan State and had success. Like. Mm -hmm. When I was at Wisconsin, when we played Michigan State, like we were going against my quarterback from high school, Damon Dodell, number seven, right? And so yeah. 
that's where I wanted to go. Um, but then that's when Nick Saban left. Remember, he used to be at Michigan State. He left, and then the program was kind of in shambles for a little bit. And then uh, yeah, the John L. Spoke. Smith era. Yeah, man. And so, and even before John L. Smith, it was it was one of the assistant coaches took over for a little over a year, and it was just kind of up 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 in up in the air. But um, but after junior year, I sort of ranked my schools in order from from one to five. Wisconsin was number one uh, on my list, and so I now have set. My, my visits up in order of uh of the schools that you know that that I was interested in and so Wisconsin was was number one man so when you Wait, went so, on, when you went on your official who hosted you Lee Evans <laughs> Lee Evans man Lee I mean if Lee, you say no to Lee do you cannot right. be good at football after that man uh, yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, it's crazy to think man that was 20 years ago like yeah Actually, no, because that was, was two thousand. Like, twenty one years ago. Twenty one years ago. Twenty one years ago. Like I, mean, I still remember it vividly. I, I remember coming to you know, uh, you know, they pick you up from the airport, whatever. You you meet, uh, I think, over at the facility or whatever, and, and it's, it's it's little snacks and stuff. And we weren't even. My dad still tells the story. We, we weren't even there thirty minutes, and so you know, we do the meet and greet with the coaches. We get on the elevator. It's just my dad and I. He's going to take us to the hotel. And this is he, he and I, and I say. Dad, I'm ready to commit. This is it. He said, son, we haven't even been here an hour. <laughs> like, you haven't even seen anything. I'm like, no, oh, Dad, this is it, man. But I, I just knew, man, uh, right what, away. What was, what was it about it? Like, what was about Wisconsin? First off, how did Wisconsin – so Ohio State's there. Michigan's not there. You want Michigan State. How does Wisconsin kind of file into this? Yes, man. So so early junior year, uh, I, I, this first time I met Coach Mason, I'm, I'm on the stairs, you know, it's like the middle of the school day. I'm going from the third floor down to the first floor. And then somebody says, you Jonathan Noor. And then I'm like, yeah. And, and he has on his Wisconsin shirt with the, with the best. And he introduces himself like, I'm Coach Henry Mason, man. And, you know, you, you, you like what you've been doing, blah, blah, blah. And that was our first encounter. And, uh, and then he just stayed in contact ever since, since then, showed a, a genuine interest and, and the thing that really stood out to, to um, especially my parents, I didn't know this at the time, but my parents really helped me through this process, is that Wisconsin was like brutally honest. You know, during the recruiting process, a lot of times folks tell you what you want to hear. You're going to start right away. And and Mason was just, he kept it like 100 through that whole process. He he told my dad, like, you know, he probably not going to play uh Unless we absolutely something happens and we need him, he probably he'll probably red shirt and and but you know I would have a plan for him, want to develop him physically and and my dad appreciated that that it wasn't just a lot of smoke he was blowing and um so I, I think the quality of people, um, the integrity, uh, you know it, it was a track record at at that point of, of winning. Um, it was an opportunity even though I wouldn't play early like freshman year it was an opportunity to still play early. Um, this all it was. It's a great university, right? One of the best universities in the country, and so all of that really played a role in, in, uh, in, in that decision. And then being able to play for the coach that recruited me, right? Like, as opposed to coming and and it's because sometimes you know those situations that you know the the coach who was your position coach didn't recruit you, they might not really want you, right? And so all of that sort of uh, played a role. So that's first off, Coach Mason has come up in a lot of our conversations, also with wide receivers, but Travis Beckham brought him up as well. Yeah. I feel like that guy could recruit anybody from anywhere. Like he was just a special 
there's something about like him versus other coaches, you know, like that. I feel like if you had that first initial conversation, like right away, you're like, I think I want to be around that guy more. Yeah. 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 It's, and again, I think part, like people un- recognize and understand like, like realness and authenticity. Right. So again, I mean, Mason just told it like it was right. Like it, it and that's, even today, that's such a breath of fresh air when you meet somebody like that. It's rare. And so that, but he still had tact and, and he was, you know, a funny guy and had a sense of humor and and could talk real life with you. And so just a combination of of uh, just the, the, yeah, he was a great coach, right? As far as teaching the X's and O's, but just the man um, that, that that Mason is. And uh, like, it's, it's, it's uncommon, man, especially in that world. I, I totally agree. I've said this a hundred yeah. times, like, that guy was a great coach for me. And I really didn't, he never coached me. Like it's, it's just, it was the way he went about business was not the normal, like curse someone out or, yeah. you know, yell and scream. It was more of like a funny humorous way that he'd be like, you'll burn. This is, isn't going to work here. You know? Yeah. And like, you kind of yeah. knew right off that, that was like good enough. Like you didn't need more. And it was <laughs> funny. Like you'd laugh at me. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I remember <laughs> Mason used to stay uh, at meetings. Like he would have, a, sometimes he would cut you out. Right. But he would have that, that funny way. I remember one time he would say, uh, I think it was Darren Charles. He he did something, dropped a ball in the game or something. We're watching film. And he's like, Hey, Darren, <laughs> Darren, 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 what what's the uh what's the big employer uh in, in your hometown there? And I forgot what he said. Or no, he said, What's the big gas stations? He's like PDQ or something <laughs> like that. He was like, Man, you might want to see if they're hiring, man, because this <laughs> Cause I don't know if you're going to make it here, Darren, but it was, and we all got, got that from Mason, but just, just stuff like that, man, where you can't go with it. So you're, so you're on the elevator. You're like, your dad, I'm, I'm committing today. Mm -hmm. What does he say? My dad said, don't sign anything at all until we have a conversation. So I'm happy you're there in the elevator with your dad. So what is, what does your dad say to you? He he said that he was like, son, you haven't even been here an hour, man. Like, like, what are you like? Like, no, just let's, you know, see how the weekend goes, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, all right. And so, uh, and so it was just a great time, man. Just, just Lee, Lee, that Lee had just finished his sophomore year, or I guess it was still the season was going on because they went to the Sun Bowl, I think that year. Right. And uh, so it was in between, you know, just that bowl prep time. And, and, and I mean, we always been a man, right. And so I'm hanging out with this guy and we're going to parties and, he I, I, he sneaks me into the KK and uh, and so I'm like, man, come on, I've I've seen enough, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and then, and then and then the weekend comes to an end, and then you know you you always ended at Coach Alvarez's house Sunday morning for breakfast, and they have the omelet station and whatever you went to eat, man, <clears throat> man, you, you know how they do it, right? And then uh, they say Coach Alvarez would like to meet with you, uh, just you, your parents don't come. Yep, and you, go, and you go in Coach Alvarez's home office, and uh, he's sitting there behind his desk, and it's just trophies and, and Big Ten championship trophies and Rose Bowl trophies, and he's sitting there. He might even had his rings on, right? And he's sitting there with rings, and and uh, he's like, "How the weekend go?" He's like, it's, you know, it was, it was good, and blah blah blah. He was like, "You know, we we want you to be a Badger, and uh, so are you coming? Something like that." And, my dad told me the same thing. He was like, man, don't when you go in there, don't make any commitments. I was like, man, I want to, but I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, and then we went home 
And by the time we got off the plane, my dad and I talked. By the time we got off the plane, you know, we had made the decision that that this is where I was going to go, man. And called Mason and let him know. And uh, that that same day, so. No, that's smart because you also want to make sure your spot's there. Yeah, I don't, like yeah. a lot of people don't know this. Like they offer a lot of people, and mm-hmm. you have to like basically say yes right away or within a, a, a quick amount of time. Yeah. yeah, you know they'll hold it for a, a certain amount of time. Wait, that's so great because when we, it's funny because my dad was like you. My dad was we were he's like oh you should go to school here. I'm like I don't know, Dad. Wisconsin's kind of far away. You know, I didn't grow up in the Midwest. Yeah, and he was like no no this is the place for you. And yeah. I'm like all right. So I called. You know, we got home like a day later. I called. Uh, Brian White. And I was like, Hey coach, I'm in like, I'm coming. And he's like, awesome. I was like, this is so cool. So when I sat with Alvy, I was already going to school there. So our conversation was like 10 minutes long, you know, five minutes. He's like, Hey, did these guys take care of you? Like, yeah, man, I've had a really good time, (laughs) but let let me tell you, it's been a blast. And he's like, all right, cool. We'll see you in, uh, in July or whenever June, July, whenever did we showed up in July or August of before the, before our first year. Cause I remember it at the region. Yeah, yeah. I, I showed up in, in June. Um, no, I got out of school in June. I showed up the beginning of July. Um, yeah, I wanted to go like soon as I got out of school. And, you know, my dad's like, let's, you know, type of few loose ends here and all of that. And yeah, ended up showing up in uh, in July. So, I, oh, yeah, sorry. Go, go, on, keep going. Because no, I, I remember July and August. In my mind, it was just, it was like a blast hanging out with like, high school kids. Like it was just like you, me and a lot, pretty much half of the guys who we were going to yeah. play with. Yeah. But then the other half was like going to the weight room and yeah. the facilities and grinding and having no idea what's going on. Like was- hey, that, that, that is the perfect description, right? Because bro, in, in, in the, in, at Moscow in Detroit, we had no conditioning program, right? Like we had a few weights in a little closet and, yeah. and we would run, we would literally, we had no track. We would literally run around the school, right. For, for like the second floor of the school. And so, um, so to go from that to such to JD, right. I, I, I remember <laughs> our, our first, uh, our, our, the first day I showed up, it, it happened to be on a day where we had to do stadiums on a Tuesday. That's the on day I showed up to the worst day of my life. Matt. We had to do stadiums, right? I had no idea what I was in for. And then I asked Bot, right, our strength and conditioning assistant, uh, strength and conditioning coach, and I'm like, man, like, what do I do? He's like, we're going to do this thing called a dynamic lap, blah, blah, blah. He was like, just keep up. He said, just keep up with Lee. That's what he told me. Oh, good. Yeah, that's very nice of him. (laughs) Just keep up with Lee. By the time we finished the dynamic lap, man, I felt like I had played a whole game. And then I almost died. Like, I I, I don't so, know if this is for me. Matt Perkins, the dynamic lap was you ran around the whole field and every 10 yards you changed to do something else. So it was like high knees for 10 yards, butt kicks for 10 yards, and it kept going. Then you were doing lunges. You were doing backwards lunges. You were doing like um, inchworms. It, it, you were doing uh, – you turn around, you'd run backwards and like kick your legs out. It was – the hardest one lap. They sent all this stuff um, pre going to school for you to work out in the winter and the, and the, but, and they sent me a video, Jay, I'm pretty sure you probably got the video and yeah, it, yeah. like had all the, but so like when I would read the card, I thought you'd take a break in between all these different things. <laughs> the, the lap was one lap by the time every dynamic lap I have ever did. I was dying at the end of it. It and was then, not so then, dynamic. 
<laughs> and then Matt, and then at the end of that, then you have to go run stadiums, right? But you had to jog up first. Had to jog up. Had to jog up all the way up to the upper deck. It was it was crazy. It was terrible. It was. And I remember when I got the expect. I got the yeah. offseason workouts uh for from from the track program because I, I went to UWD track my freshman year and I got the when I got the offseason track workouts, I was like, oh boy. I'm not because I came also came from a high school where we didn't have a weight room, you know. Like we had like we had like a we we had like a bench and a squat rack. Right. And like we had right. like we had like this weird machine where like you would start in like a two point stance and like fire out and there were some like weights on the side of it. And like that's it. That 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 was the three things we had in our weight room in my high school, which is like it was in the basement, there was no circulation, it was like disgusting and musty. And yeah, <laughs> I was not I was not ready for that. But it so it's interesting because because my coach was very strict about working out and he was in there every day and we were doing hang cleans and squatting we were doing everything so when i got to wisconsin i was like oh i've been i've done this i showed up 15 minutes late once and he called my dad so you know like I, at that point i was like man i gotta be here at 3 15 because school ended at three like no joke yeah. so when i got to wisconsin it, it was an easy easier transition but watching dudes like antosh Mm-hmm. Never lifted a weight in his life. Like the dude yeah. couldn't even do hand clean for a yeah. second. And he was an athlete. Yeah. So uh, it, it was talent. crazy, yeah. crazy. But, I, but I'll tell you, J.O., it's funny you bring that memory back because I never want to remember it. But I legitimately came with two duffel bags because that's all I had was clothing. Dropped them on the floor. Everyone's like, hey, we got to go to the stadium. Go to the state. I'm in like jeans and a T-shirt. They yeah. give you a pair of shorts. Actually, you, they couldn't give you anything. So that's also that's how right. you knew you were a complete noob. Was that yeah, you wore yeah. your own? I wore my Edgemont High School gear <laughs> because I they couldn't give you stuff yet, yeah, and I was yeah. running. <laughs> I like did we did a workout? We did legs. I was dying at that. I'm like, okay, we're done. And then they're like, no, we got to go up to the to the you know the stadiums and do that. Mm-hmm. JD's like, run with the linemen, and I was running behind the linemen. I was dying. Yeah. I was like, man, this is going to be the worst. So the transition was really actually extremely tough in that summer but sure once you was. figure it out it yeah. it, it kind of it, it catches up but that yeah. was i don't know i think a lot of kids now do and i don't know if you have any experience in this do you do high school to college transitions yes. yeah you do. Yeah, we, yeah yeah we do yeah and and then just just um the, the field is called athlete development right so developing the whole person and so uh we do a lot of athlete development work in the high school space too just okay. general. I don't want to jump into that yet, but okay. I, yeah. I think I, I just needed yes. to know because a lot of kids, I want to ask you this. A lot of kids are going to school before their senior year ends. Yeah. That is a hard, you're talking about like, look at Braylon Allen, 17. How on earth do you, like, I was not ready if I did that mid, I would have been a nightmare. I'm still um, not ready. <laughs> so yeah, man, so I, 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 It's a different kid these days, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I wasn't ready either, Matt, to your point. Like, I wasn't ready either for that for that jump, but yeah, I don't know how kids are doing that. It's okay, common. so we'll get back to that, because that's what you are focusing on now, Good. the transitions, which I legitimately tell everyone, This I could have used J.O. when I was 23 years old mm-hmm. and, like, sitting around thinking of what my life will be. While well, I was probably partying too much, which is, like, what you shouldn't be doing. Right. Yeah. So, um, but let's, let's go back. So we're there, we're on the scout team, right? You were on the scout team. Yep. 
Yeah. So, so we had that (laughs) and then spring ball comes about what, what changes for you to kind of like move your way up the depth chart? Yeah, man. So, so even before spring ball, um, like had a, had a good, like when, when I showed up to campus, man, I was the same height I am now, six, three ish, 164 pounds. Oh, I know. I remember, man. And so (laughs) I, I remember bought, I had to lift, um, they put 135 on the bench, you know, that's the, the, the bar and then two forty-five pound plates and it almost killed me, man. So for the first, that summer, I was just lifting the bar. And so I took winter conditioning, like serious, uh, serious as I, as I knew they took it. And, and, and that gave me confidence, right? I had put on a few pounds by the time spring ball came I was probably around 180, uh, and, and, you know, had a little muscle and, 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 you know, just physically when you, when you feel good, you know, that does something to the way you perform, at least for me, it did. Mm-hmm. And so going into spring, I remember, uh, like it was going to be opportunities. And Mason told us, man, it, it was, it was myself, Darren Charles, who who was a true freshman. It was uh we had a guy named Deandre Kemp from California. You remember mm-hmm. him? Yep. Another receiver and Dantez. That's before Dantez that moved to defense. And so he was like, man, we're going to need some of you guys to step up. Um, and so, you know, we already just competing. And, and the hardest thing was, was for me was like learning a playbook. Uh, because literally in, in, in high school, he said, literally, we were going to huddle and they would say, up top to four. That was the play. And everybody knew. So I, I had no idea what else was going on. And Mason used to always say that was one of my weaknesses that I played in a, in a, in a tunnel, right? I was only focused on what I had to do because that was all I knew. And so learning a playbook and learning different receiver positions, that was so hard. I remember getting cussed out during spring ball, like frequently and, and Coach White cussing me out, Mason, and it, it was tough. But uh, but by the end of spring, I felt like I had it finally got a good grasp, at least on the basics and certain concepts and things like that. And so by the spring game, had a decent spring game, and then Lee got hurt in the spring game. And then uh, that's when, you know, we, we knew not only would it be an opportunity for some young guys to step up, but we knew young guys would have to step up. And so uh, – and then we, we go into summer, summer went well. And then fall camp, man, going into it again, I felt good and had a good fall camp and ended up, um, you know, earning that, that, that starting position. Yeah. I was going to say that, that, that was the year that, that Lee got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the playbook is hard, man. The playbook yeah. is hard. Even if it's like the simple, like just power yeah. run, like you just got to, yeah. it's just really, that, that took me a, a, a long time too, is just to figure out like, what do you do on each play? Like what, yeah. are the, what does this words mean to everybody? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. So, but once you do it, I, I, I remember once you get, once you got it, dude, you were on fire. Yeah. 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 Took, took a while to get it, but yeah. <laughs> and when you think about it, Matt, that's what took a, that's what that kept a lot of guys off the field. Right. Like it was, it was guys extremely talented, but you know, could never grasp that playbook and, and, you know, and they, you know, I, Wisconsin, we're known for a few things: toughness, right, and 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 playing intelligent, like mm-hmm. like not making mistakes. And so, um, so yeah, if you if you couldn't figure out the playbook, if you didn't know what you were doing, then it was you, you wouldn't you, you probably weren't going to play a whole lot. So, so then second year, which is our redshirt freshman year, you're a starter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what what? How awesome is that? But like, what's that like? 
You know, we had, I, I just remember it kind of felt normal because we'd run out there on game days and just kind of stand on the sidelines, but you yeah, got that yeah. feel like, yeah. you know, like it wasn't like Brett Bell and like Sparky and like these dudes who are like going out and playing full games. You're right. You're like, right. like DC was playing. I'm like, man, this, that's a whole different mental. Like I don't have to think here. I just have to eat a sandwich <laughs> after the game. And like, that's it. Um, what was, what was your experience starting that year? And, and what were some obstacles and, and some huge highlights for you? Man, I, I remember our first game against Fresno State. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, under the lights. And, I, again, you don't know what to expect. Um, it's one thing, like you said, the red shirt and, and, and be on the sideline. But um, I, I remember Calvin Barrett, maybe maybe like at the hotel, we were talking, and he's like, you ready for tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, hey, man, <laughs> I cried during my first game uh, on, on the ride to the, from the hotel to the stadium. He's like, I cried last year, man. I'm like, you cry? Why are you, why are you telling me this now? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man. He was like, I couldn't help it, man. It was, I was just, just nerves and such and such. And you look outside, you see the sea of red. And, and, and then now nah, that's on my mind. Like, man, you cried. Am I going to cry? <laughs> and so, and so we, we get there, man. We're in the, uh, it was a close game. I hadn't had a ball thrown to me all game, but, which was fine by me. I didn't know I was ready. <laughs> and uh, just blocking, it was just electric atmosphere. It was night game and all this. And then you remember in the fourth quarter, it was close. I think we were actually down. And um, they called all scenes. And again, I just ran up the seam and Brooks hit me on maybe about a 15 yard. We got the first down and and uh, and then we went on to, to score that drive. And, and I remember Mason after the game, he was like, man, you guys are too young and dumb, something like this, to realize the significance of that moment. And uh, and I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, man, like, really, if we don't convert that right first down and if we don't – because Brandon Williams made a good catch on that play and it kept the drive alive and we were able to end up winning that game. But he was like, "If you, man, he was like, y'all just was too ignorant to know the pressure, that that like that situation, and, I guess. And, and that pretty much – like." for that freshman year kind of summed up the the season, man. Like I was just having fun. Right. It's like, right. I'm, I'm playing college football. You know, you, we would play a game at 11, right. AM later on that night, I'm seeing myself on ESPN. It's just like, what is, what is better than this, man? But, but the difficulty, yeah. the challenges that year, I, I remember it was a long season, man. Like just the wear and tear physically. Like I was just exhausted. Probably. Man, probably like that eighth game, eighth ninth game, and then, and then the Big Ten season too. So it's physical, and receivers at Wisconsin. I mean, we're 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 blocking right, and so just yeah. the wind tear, just just uh, and then that affected me, just mentally, right? Just I was mentally drained and trying to manage school and all of that. So towards the end of the season, I remember kind of falling off some. Well, I was gonna say your second game of that season was your big coming out party against UNLV. You scored your first touchdown. You had 150 yeah. yards. You know, that yeah. was obviously, you know, you're in Las Vegas. We know Barry loved to schedule games at UNLV. Yeah. So, which always, you know, what was, I always thought was funny as a fan looking at it. But what was it like? Did you just, did, did something like really click after that first game for you? Like, what do you think helped you really sort of like, you know, blossom in that second game? And what was it like to score your first collegiate touchdown? Man, I, I remember that so well, man. Um, I, I, again, I think that that first game just kind of, again, 
gave me some confidence that that I belong here. Uh, and and my favorite route ever since I was a kid has always been the post route. Is this something about just lining a guy up, right? Uh, crowding his space and then giving a little fake outside. And it was nothing like nowadays guys doing all kind of to be white stuff, right? Yeah. Guys <laughs> I didn't have any of that. I just had a little bit of speed and and understood like if I could, you know, get leverage, so on and so forth. And so, uh, man, we ran, we just kept running that post route, man. And, and there was no safety over the top. And and Brooks, I remember, um, threw it, and and I remember catching it. And then I remember after I, after I caught it, I'm like, oh man, the touchdown's right here. And then. <laughs> and then I didn't realize I was that close, and uh, and the guy tackled me into the end zone. I just remember like, oh my gosh, I just scored a touchdown, man! And and if if you ever look at that that footage, like it, it's like a, 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 a um just an expression of of relief. I'm just like, <laughs> like because you know you want to get the first one out the way, and and, uh, and so yeah, I, and then the lights went out. You remember that? I, I was actually hurt. They didn't travel me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I remember watching the game going, yeah. what did my TV just turn off? My parents yep. were there. I hurt yep. my knee in the Fresno State game. Okay. So okay. I, I missed that game. So I was very sad about not not going. But yeah. you know, uh dude, that Joe, first off, Matt, you you'll Jay will never talk about himself. Like he's not like a screamer or like a rah-rah guy. That's Brandon Williams. Like it's kind of, I think it, I think you and Lee were like, thank God this guy's here. Cause I don't have to say anything. Like, I don't remember Lee like really getting mad or doing anything or you, you guys just like led by example. Um, so this guy, if you have any highlights you want to talk, you have to ask him specifically. He's not going to tell you anything. I'll tell you everything, but that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, yeah, great memories, man. And then we won and won the Alamo bowl that year. We did, yeah. Which was I awesome. A, I had a horrible game that year. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. That was a horrible uh, bowl game, first bowl game. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> I missed a bunch of blocks too. Huber was on me. Yep. Uh, somebody jumped over my leg and blocked the extra point, and he was livid, like livid. Things I'll probably never hear in my life, no matter <laughs> what I do. Um, and I just remember, like, we won. And I just felt so good because we won and Brooks, I was like, Brooks, you got to win to leave, man. Like, I'm like, this is the best. I I'm just so happy you're happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's all I really Well, I, I was happy we won. I don't remember this, man, but I dropped. Uh, the game was like close, right? It was on the line. It was fourth quarter and I dropped the wide open. It would have been a touchdown. And, and, uh, and then the, and then I got pulled after that. And then um, I think Darren, Darren converted like a, it was like fourth down. We had to go for it, right? The game was on line. And thank God Darren caught like a 20 yard pass. I forgot exactly. And they were long story short, we ended up winning that game. But I just remember being so relieved that, like, gosh, like it's bad enough I got this drop and now this cost us the game. Yeah. So I was happy, you know, one to get the win. And then also that the, the it didn't end with like, me being the reason right. for this loss. So. I, I don't want to throw this out there because it's, but I'm going to. Yeah. Calhoun won us that game. Like, uh, you know, that's a game you look back. He didn't run out of bounds. He ran out of bounds. Oh, and if yeah, he just fell yeah. down, the game's over and we would have lost. Wow. But he, he was on Colorado and he ran out of bounds, stopped the clock, and we got the ball back to kick it to, to tie it up. So, yes. like, 
I dude, I only really remember the really bad things that happened on the field that I hope nobody remembers. I yep. think that's every one of us, like yep. what we yep. did wrong, not what we did right. Yep. Um, but I remember Coach White would we'd watch that film every year. Be like, this is what if you don't know situational football, this is what could happen. And yeah. he, you know, Calhoun ran out of bounds, and then we end up winning. Yeah. And then I, he I, we watched it with Calhoun in the room, which I thought was hilarious. And Calhoun's like, Coach, listen, <laughs> I think about this every day. He's like, I know this was a mistake. He's like, I was a freshman. Like, well, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I'm like, man, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, 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 oh, sorry, Matty, get it. So you go from Brooks Bollinger to Jim Sorgi to John Stocko in your career. Mm-hmm. You have you you seem to have chem like really good chemistry with both Brooks and with John, right? Because you had yeah. you had your best years with those two guys. Was there something about either like what I mean? Because you know you you had some you know you had some down times with, during during yeah. your sophomore year, especially. What do you think contributed to that? Did you have tough time getting on the same page with Jim? Like what was you know what, what do you think accounted for that? No, uh, honestly, man, it was it was it was it was confidence. Um, after that Alamo, and I didn't realize this till years later, right? Like that drop in that Alamo Bowl really impacted, right? To the point where, like, man, I I I, I was playing not to make mistakes like sophomore year, right? And I, I remember, you know, we had the Alamo Bowl. Um, spring went well, right? And then we go into fall camp, redshirt sophomore year. And and I was a, I was a starter, right? It was Lee and I, and and again, man, I, I was I was. You you remember Coach Alvarez used to say, um, and this is one of the lessons I learned from him. And I had a chance to see him a few weeks ago, man, and, and just share this with him because I never told him how much um, this impacted me. But he used to say, "Never let the same team beat you twice." You remember we lost to Michigan State. We shouldn't have lost to him junior year. We were ranked number five in the country. They weren't even yep. ranked. They beat us. And then the next week we lost to somebody we weren't supposed to lose to. And I remember him saying, I think we might have lost to like Northwestern or Indiana. Or somebody. Iowa. At Iowa. Iowa. Who had no business beating us. And then Alvarez, he said, Iowa did not beat us today. He said, Michigan State beat us again. Never yep. let the same thing beat you twice. But, but you know, and I take that in life now, right? But I was, again, scared to – because that was such a huge moment. I had never experienced like like – failure like that right sure. like that drop on the national scene it's a bowl game and so that really impacted me and so i was trying not to make those mistakes again which and you, we all know and especially in the game of football man you can't play like that right and so so just my confidence i was making mistakes and and rightfully i didn't play as much as uh as i had the opportunity to because of my own mistakes so that was the biggest thing but i love playing with swords um you know even a, a, a lot of that success freshman year some of a lot of that was Sorge too, because him and Brooks were splitting time. So, listen, Sorge never threw me the ball either. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> although yeah. I'm not doing anything special out there, but uh, no, dude. So, I I, I want to talk more, but do you do you do some of these things? Like, do you have these conversations with kids now about? Hey, what what do you think could be this issue? Well, let's, or let, let's backtrack. Hold on for a second. Let's tell people about what Jonathan's doing now can't start not okay. familiar so wait hold on but we still have the NFL okay so let's let's fast track because I know we're running out of time but what you're doing now is so cool so you you so you're done you're drafted you're you drafted to um not the Titans, Titans uh, to the Titans, Titans. yeah okay how, what, what was that like dude you're like sitting there draft day and like how yeah, cool was, is that so it was crazy so I, I uh I had a 
pretty decent senior year. And and I remember, you know, they had the projections and all of that. And, and um, one agent's telling you this, blah, blah, blah. And so literally, guys, I was hearing everything from undrafted to there was even some, I remember seeing some reports that said late first round, right? <laughs> I think it was. And so I had no idea what to expect, man. And so, um, like, I, I just had no idea. And so I I remember the first day and uh, seeing seeing receivers taken, taken, taken. And, and I was a bit disappointed because I thought that, you know, maybe I should have went in front of some of those guys. Um, and then it comes to, man, I just hope I get an opportunity. And then second day, uh, Titans call and say, we got a pick coming up. And I'm thinking about getting you, how would you like to be a Titan? Like, of course. And, and then yeah. I had to be drafted, right? And so, so uh, definitely something, man, I'll never forget um, that experience. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was it was unreal and having my family there. And then all of a sudden, you go from this moment, right, this cool moment, and then it's like, all right, now, especially being a late draft pick or, unfree, or a free agent, now you got to, all right, man, it's, it's time to grind some more <laughs> so I can – Try to you know make the team and and uh, in a couple of days you're there and now it's rookie minicamp and all of that so it was it was a cool experience. Okay, so then let's now let's get into it because then so you have a tra- so you had your transition into the NFL. You were on you were on the Titans and then you're on uh, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, practice. Well the so you have all that experience, mm-hmm. and then how how okay so then. How do you think of, of what you're doing today and then how, and, and what are you doing today for people who don't know? And then how did you build it? Yeah, man. So uh, I'm the founder and executive director of a, of a nonprofit 501c3 called Athlete Transition Services. And so um, I simply put, we exist to help athletes prepare for and to manage the transition into life after sports. And so uh, we do it through educational workshops and seminars from transition management stuff, leadership development, financial literacy, um, career readiness. And, and, and we also provide life coaching and mental health services for athletes. And then we just started in the last year and a half provide professional development for coaches. The thought behind that is we can better equip coaches to 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 see athletes as whole people. Right. And, and to better equip them to, to service the whole person, to coach the whole person then um better off athletes to be and so but so we're we'll be eight years old in january but the the whole reason uh i even started this is because a, a few days after i got drafted um i got a call from a girl named tamara allison we're still friends to this day we grew up together she said jonathan guess what i found i said i don't know Tamara. what did you find she said i found a picture that you gave me when we were in the fourth grade i said okay you caught to tell me that she's like yeah guess what it says on the back i says what does it say Tammy? she said you wrote look for me in the nfl by 2005. Now it was 2006, so I didn't know about red shirt in the fourth grade. Right? <laughs> but I, I, I didn't even remember writing that or giving her that picture. But it reinforced how serious I was on this goal, right? And so, after only two years in the NFL, remember I was supposed to have a 20 year career like Jerry Rice. So after a couple years, all of a sudden, this thing that was such a huge part of my life, this thing that I couldn't even remember my life without, this game of football, was now over in a blink of an eye. And for me, the next couple of years after that was by far the hardest two years of my life. Um, nobody prepares you. Every athlete knows that one day that their playing days uh, will come to an end, right? Like every athlete knows that. You know you're not going to do it forever, but but you don't know. No one can really prepare you for it. Um, so it's a it's a whole new space that you're in. Uh, it's it's really like breaking up, right? Like like 
breaking up with a, everybody broke had a breakup before. It's like breaking up on a whole but different it's, level. But it's getting dumped after pouring your heart and soul into something for 10, 20, 25 yeah. years. Well, and, so and, and the saying and the saying yeah. goes that, you know, it's very, very few people who get to choose when to leave the game on their terms. The game yep. you sort of boots you out, right? Like and, and and both of you guys are absolutely right. The, the thing is, and, and and it's all kind of research being done about this particular topic now. And uh, but the thing is, even for those athletes, men and women who leave on their own terms, it's still a level of of difficulty that they face, right? Um, that a lot of people, and we all hear about the financial. Uh, you know, we everybody saw ESPN's broke, so we are aware of that with professional athletes, but. The identity piece is so huge, right? Having that lost sense of identity from being a basketball, football player, runner, whatever the case is. And now all of a sudden you're not that anymore. Um, and then, you know, again, you've had this tunnel vision. You've been focusing on this one aspect of your life for so long. Even if you have a degree, okay, I've never really thought of, fully thought about how I'm going to transition into another career. And so all of that causes, causes uh, trouble. Yeah. And you're working with your brother, right? Yeah, man, my brother. Because he, um, he played at Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yeah, yeah, he ran track and played football at Michigan State. He, he, uh, yeah, he was the first. So the first year in 2014, um, I just had one program I was doing. It was just me, and then second year added, added my brother, and and now we're up to about uh, 15, 16, um, yeah, partners now, and a couple, you know, companies we partner with and organizations, and so it's 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 it's, it's been a grind, but it's. it's it's rewarding. So, dude, that's—I mean—that's awesome. So, what do you build the curriculum? Yeah. So, uh, the transition stuff. So, everybody that uh, most of the folks that we contract with, and, and and folks that are on the team, they're all like subject matter experts, right? So, I'm not a financial advisor, but we contract with financial advisors to help build out that curriculum. Same thing with mental health. So the area I focus on is uh, transition management. That's the, that's the, again, that's the whole reason I started this. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, you know, I've, I've, we've, I've been able to partner with uh, William James College, out of small college out of Boston and, and conduct some research. And so, uh, so that's sort of my area that, that, that I've built the curriculum and the transition stuff uh, specifically. What do you think is like the most, what, what's the hardest part do you think of well what was the hardest part for you um leave like being done with football right like it's very quick too it's not like yeah. uh it takes a it's not like it takes a few couple of weeks it's like one meeting i mean for me yeah. i was cut by the lines in like 10 seconds yeah like that's so, how quick you talk about a snap of the finger so yeah. what's what was your transition so, like so, afterwards? so it's, it's, it's three things man that i call them the uh the common challenges, right, of athletes in transition. So this was the case for me and most athletes. And then there's a lot of other struggles and challenges that can stem from these, right? So the first one is what I like to call transition ignorance. And so um, for years, I used to use the word change and transition interchangeable, right? Change and transition, but they're different. So change is external. It, it's, it's the stuff that happens to you, right? It's something different in your external situation. So with an athlete, all of a sudden, uh, you know, we were released by our teams. It's over. It happens fast. We no longer have to go to practice. We no longer have to deal with team meetings. We no longer have to work out a certain way. We no longer have to. 
all the external stuff. And that's what athletes are aware of will, will happen. But so that's the change. The transition, on the other hand, always accompanies the change. And this is the internal stuff that athletes have to deal with. Right. Transition is a process. It's the internal stuff. So this is the psychological stuff, the mental stuff, the emotional stuff that comes along with that change that you're dealing with. So complete ignorance about that transition part is, is the first thing that catches athletes off guard. Right. Like nobody tells you that 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 you'll be going through anxiety. Right. That, that, that you will have a level of depression. Uh, because this, because you're you're disconnected from your sport now. So that's number one. Number two is identity, uh, which I mentioned earlier. So again, this lost sense of identity. I'm no longer a a, a football player, a swimmer, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for so long, we this has become what I what I call our core identity, which is the primary way we identify ourselves. The issue with that is it's temporary, right? It's it's. And, and our core identity, a lot of time, this is what we attach our self-confidence, self-value, our purpose, our, our sense of self-worth. We attach it to that core identity. And so when it's stripped away from us, then what happens to, to that our confidence, our self-esteem, right? It diminishes. And so um, so that's number two. And then the third one is, is career, uh, career challenges. And, and from that, it's, it's most of the time it's pertaining to a lack of direction, right? Trying to figure out which way to go now. I have all these options. Do I continue to pursue this professional career? Do I get into coaching? Do I go to grad? Like, what do I do? Or a lack of career fulfillment. So you go from this high of playing in front of 70, how many people do we play in front of, right? 700, right. Thousand. And now all of a sudden you're sitting behind a cubicle. And and it's research being done on this now, right? Like like the dopamine levels that 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 change when an athlete makes that transition. And so it's a lot of athletes aren't fulfilled in careers. And so uh, now it's nothing wrong with working behind a cubicle if that's if if that's the thing that's going to fulfill you. So it's a, sure. it's about it's about finding out what 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 fulfills you, and that's what we help athletes figure out, right? Like what else they're good at, what else they're passionate about, what else will bring them fulfillment. So you so I, I th- so two things. You go into into universities, you have these seminars or these conferences with different athletes. Yeah. What what's the like are there any aha moments or are kids in there like, oh my God, I need to start planning for something? Or like what happens during that time? Yes, man. So I, I was just at the University of uh, Houston this past week. And uh, and and Stuff like this, this is this is the most rewarding part, right? Like a kid came up to me, he's a student athlete, I think he, he's a junior, and he's like, Man, I'm, I never thought about this, man. He was like, My dad was a professional baseball player. He was like, and his dad finished playing while he was, you know, old enough to remember the kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, everything that that you guys talked about tonight. My dad went through that. I remember my dad like struggling, man, being depressed. And, and it's because like, of, of he, again, he, he didn't take the time. And a lot of times we just don't know, right. To, to think about these things prior to leaving, he was like, man, so, so now I'm, I'm going to make sure that I take the time for self-discovery. Right. And I always tell athletes to have a, a parallel plan, not a plan B. Cause I used to hate when people talk to me about a plan B. Right. But, a parallel plan while you're pursuing these athletic goals and why you have these athletic aspirations in this lane and another lane, make sure that you're working on something. It doesn't have to be 
the, the same amount of time, energy, and effort that you put in this athletic goal. But if it's 10% of your time in your offseason, work on something. So that when this, when this athletic lane comes to an end, and it could be after college, it could be after a 15-year pro career, it's going to end. But when it does end, you can just shift lanes. You don't have to start from scratch and try to figure mm-hmm. it out. That's great advice. Even that little tidbit I would have appreciated you know, too, 15 man. years ago. So when I you, really when you, love that concept of parallel planning and not plan B because plan B always make plan B feels like an inherent failure, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. So Jay, when you go into these places, like, do you see a structure that can, can help the student athlete? What, what do you mean by a structure? Like, do you, like, do you, when you go into these places, do they have sports psychologists? Do they have, you know, like I remember we had the Fetzer Center. So like yeah. that was for academics. But like, do you see that they are are the foundation and, and everything is strong that that these student athletes are? I don't remember anyone coming up to me and be like, dude, are you okay? Like, are yeah. you sure? Father Mike did that, you know, like yeah. not in a spiritual way, just in like a hey man, I heard you got yelled at. Like, are you good? You know, like yeah. we never asked each other, like, yeah. are you okay? Like when you got cursed out, like we just were like, hey, it's just kind of par for the course. But do you think that universities now have somebody that is there? It could be anybody. That- Man, so so just, just take our uh, alma mater, right? Wisconsin. And you're right. When we finished up 15 years ago, we had academic support, right? We had yeah. strength and conditioning. We had, um, you know, uh, doctors and stuff. And that was it. I, I remember, you remember this one time we tried to do like sort of uh life skills and athlete development, we, they implemented something called the huddle during camp where we were supposed to meet with our position coach and talk about what's going on in our life. So the guy who just finished cussing me out, now yeah. I'm supposed to meet with him yeah. and open up. But it was a try. And so now you fast forward, here we are 15 years later, Wisconsin alone has six or seven people dedicated to the life skill development and personal development and growth and career development of student athletes. So to answer your question, it's come a long way. Most Power Five schools have at least a few people. Some some places have over ten. You know, some will focus on career development, some personal development, some sports psychologists. So so yes, man, it, it has come a long way, and it's and it's only getting better. Um, so yeah, I love to hear that because th- I mean I really think that like uh, once again, not saying anything bad about Wisconsin, but it's a business. I think that's something you students, athletes need to realize is, yeah, Wisconsin loves you, but the second you're gone, they still love you, but you're not doing anything for them. <laughs> right. And, you know, like, so it becomes, I always, I think we always joked, you know, what have you done for me today? Yep. And that's kind of like the, there was a joke, but it was behind yeah. the joke. It had a lot of, I don't know, like, it, it, like it meant something too. Yeah. Like if you keep not doing something for me today, you're just not going to be here. Yeah. Um, so, and I, dude, I just know that I had a tough time. So, and I'm a positive guy. So if I'm this way, imagine guys who aren't as, let's say mentally tough or whatever, what you're doing must be like so gratifying to help these kids who really are going to struggle. Like everyone's going to struggle. It's a known, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's, I just think it's, it's so special. So you, so you wrote a book that my wife helped on. Yep. Yeah. Which I think is so cool. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, man. Um, it's called Games Over, Life's Not, The Athlete's Guide for Transitioning. So um, 
again, what was happening for, for a few years, I was, you know, going to different universities and meeting teams and stuff. And it's only so much you can cover, right. In, in a couple hours or when you're at a university for a day. Um, and so it was, I was constantly being asked like, man, do you have a book? Like it's some additional resources. And so, uh, back in 2017, I want to say I started working on a book and, uh, finished it in 2018. And, 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 and your wife, uh, was so kind enough to she was like the I think the master editor. So once I finished, and I never wrote a book, never really had aspirations right. of writing a book. And so I'm like, okay, I'm finished. Now what? And I saw Google, like, what do I do now that I finished the book? And I, I don't even know how. I think I might have put it out there. Like, does anybody edit books and know anybody? And she reached out, like, yeah, actually, this is, I got a lot of experience with it. And I sent it to her and she helped me out. I had all kinds of grammatical errors and, and stuff. And she pointed them out and uh and, and yeah, but the whole book is, again, another resource to help athletes who are close to that space or maybe not even close. If you want to start preparing for that space well in advance or if you're in that space now, um, this is a resource to help. I, I feel like I feel like it would make sense for kids, to, not kids, I keep saying kids, but, um, you know, student athletes, these guys are men or, or women that are yeah. bigger, stronger, faster than like the regular human. But yeah. but um I feel like it makes sense for them to start early, right? To have the parallel. Well, I love that, I guess, metaphor or whatever that is, but I feel like that should be taught. Like there should be a class that you have to take when you yeah. go for all freshmen, all new people to the team. Like, I feel like that would help financial. It just blows my mind. And I'm sure you've seen it more than I do is how people can really not do the right thing with your money. Like mm -hmm. they just give it away to people. I, I don't know yeah. that it scares me because no, nope, it, it, it's, 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 it's so two things. One, um, you're absolutely right. So I, I think the one thing that, that, uh, I've learned from working in this space the last eight years is that the earlier the, the intervention and support, the better. And so our goal is to, is to provide services and programming from youth all the way to retired athletes. And so, we received a grant last year to, to start some high school programming for the same stuff we're doing in a college and professional space. We now provide for Detroit public schools. And so, but eventually we want to get down to the youth level because bro, this youth sports now is a, is a, is a beast, right? Yeah. And so if we can start to develop the whole person um, starting from eight, nine years old, like they'll be better off for, uh, for the duration of their athletic career and even after. So then the other thing is, uh, well, you had just mentioned something else. You talked about early intervention and what was that thing you just, you just, the oh, financial. yeah, man. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So that's part of it. The other part of it, and this was, I always promised myself I would never be a statistic, right? Like, and, and the grant, I wasn't like a first rounder. I didn't make millions and millions of dollars, but you know, it was enough money where, where I should have been, it was a good foundation to get started in life. Sure. And I remember I said, I'd never be a statistic. If I ever was a professional athlete. And I remember less than a year after being out of the NFL calling the, the NFL, like, please, can I get the money I put away in my 401k? Cause I was, I was dead broke. Wow. Right? I'm sitting in a house I can't afford car. I can't afford. And it wasn't that I wasted money. It was that I did not understand basic financial uh, personal finance, right? I did. I didn't understand. I, I had I had no monthly budget, and so right. no. For some reason, it didn't click that. Okay, 
you're not playing anymore, so you need to drastically change your expenses, right? That never clicked. And it's just a matter of time before money runs out. So I think that happens a lot of time too, in addition to, you know, frivolous spending. Well, and what else, what, what you were also saying is you never think it's going to end. You think it's going to yeah. end, but yeah. in but in 20 years, like I still think sometimes I'm still playing the game, you know, but it, <laughs> you it's been over. Do you ever have dreams sometimes? Dude, my, all the time. But my <laughs> dreams, my dreams are all about being late to like, <laughs> dude, I, you could do a study on my dreams. Uh, my dreams are about, I can't find my pads. So I'm going to be late to practice the game, whatever. Uh, I can't, I'm, I get lost. So I can't find my way to like the weight room or the field. Dude, <laughs> I wake up and it is, I am like almost crying how, how, like how hard that is. Cause it, it's just so, it's just so frustrating in my brain. Like, Dude, you can't be late. Like Alvi, JD, like there's no exception. Like you, you can't do this, and that's oh. all I dream about, dude. It, like, like at least at least once a month, would you say? Dude, at least once a month. I was telling people this a long time ago, and and uh, Ali can hear this. Doesn't matter if I have. I probably have like two sex dreams a year, and like mm-hmm. twenty five. I can't find my freaking locker, <laughs> dude. It, the last one I had, I I had a locker on a golf course. I don't know why, and I couldn't find my helmet. And I'm looking around this golf course. My my locker's literally in the middle of the golf course. Yeah. And I'm looking around. I can't find it. And then I woke up, like, freaking out. So I don't, <laughs> I, right, I don't know. What, some, <laughs> some studies could be done, man. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's really terrible. Um, but I get, you know, I, I, I think I was lucky in that the fact that I made, like, zero, almost zero money in the NFL. I drove up in my... Um, talk about Michigan State though. I drove up in my outback that I've had for 10 years. Uh-huh. Some, you know, p- piece of crap. Do you remember Charles Rogers, who yeah. was on uh, Michigan State? He had a different car every day. And yeah. I just remember going, that guy, I-, I just remember in my head, like, this is not sustainable. Like, you cannot have a Hummer and this beautiful Mercedes. And I'm like, yeah. man, I-, I know this guy made a lot of money, but like, Eventually, you don't have it. Like, eventually, you stop getting a paycheck. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. J.O., wait. My favorite – I want to know your favorite catch, and I have one I, I because well, I know we're way over and, and everyone has to go. Dude, your favorite catch in, in college. And then I'll tell you mine of yours. Hmm. Uh, I, I think uh, – yeah, favorite – I think it was Ohio State, uh, at Ohio State. That's and my I, favorite one. It was a corner route. Yep. Yeah. You dove yeah, for it. In the red zone. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yep. it's my, I, yeah. I watched that game and I'm like, wait, guys, wait for it. And it is the dude, it was the coolest catch, man. You laid out, you have you have long arms, like you just kind of grabbed it. Oh man, yeah. that was so cool. And we won that game, but we were playing yeah. so bad up until that point, though. Yeah, 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 we were. You know what, man? It, it's it's so cool. Like when you think our time there, like we beat Ohio State more. I think they only beat us once, right? They beat us. Did we play them in 02? 02. Yeah. They beat us in 02. We won in 03 and 04, and we didn't play them in 05. Yeah. So two and one against Ohio State. Yo, dude, how weird is this? Um, we played them home two years in a row. 02 and 03, we played them at home. But you, sometimes you, I, I watch our film and a guy, somebody sent me a, all the videos and I watched all the film and I picked up on that. I was like, wait, this is the only time I we've ever played back to back at the same place. Yeah, that is crazy. But crazy. you know what? Even when we were red shirt, if you want to count that, we beat them that year too at Ohio State. At Ohio State, yeah. 
the really three in one. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I was just cheering I mean, on my yeah. couch or something, but yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but hey, I but, guess we're on but, the team. That's true. We were. We Listen, were. I'll take it. I'll take it. And I we think gave we're still scout team. Look, we gave him a good scout team. Gave him a, I think we're still zero and four against Iowa though, or zero and five. And, and and I don't know why, man. Like he, I don't know. We could do a whole show on that. <laughs> Dude, that, that, man. Listen, I, I don't have nightmares about that and I yeah. you know like people like who do you hate the most I'm like pretty much Michigan but Ohio's uh, um, Iowa's right there because we couldn't beat them yeah yeah and I don't know why like I really feel like you know how sometimes you say man the better team didn't win the day like most of the time we were the better team like I don't know what it was man like in 02 do you remember they had Dallas Clark no, dude, they had Dallas Clark and he was unstoppable. Who was the quarterback? I don't even, it doesn't even matter. They just had Dallas Clark. He wow. went, remember, he was played for the, the Colts for like 10 yeah, 15 yeah, yeah. years. Dude, I just remember this guy being unstoppable. Like, unstoppable. Yeah, it was Brad Banks was the quarterback. Brad was Banks? He? Yeah, Brad Banks. Who was he like, was runner up for the Heisman? Yeah, number seven. You know why? Do he- you know who he threw to? Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark. I'm sure he had other guys, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dallas Clark was uh, the second leading receiver on that team. Maurice Brown was the uh, was the other guy. Wow. Ugh, let's not go down. A, we're, we're having such a positive conversation. Let's right, not right, take right. it there. <laughs> right. Oh, Jay. Well, dude, I I think we could talk for another ten hours, but I, I really appreciate you coming on. I think what you're doing is so cool. I would love to hear what happens in the high school level. Yeah, because that's that's really interesting to me as well. You know, I I. I'm thrilled that this is coming like mental health and the transition out of sports, because once again, when, I mean, you had it happen to you, there was no, I think we sat in a, I sat in a rookie symposium with the lions that said, what are half of you guys going to do when you get cut? And I was like, I'll oh, join the military. And they're like, yep. Cause you're, you need a team. So it was like, join the military. They're like, should you buy a car? No. Why not? Because it depreciates the second you leave the lot. But these are, yeah, yeah thanks for helping me with these things. But yeah. you're not making me a better individual. You're not, like, having me inwardly think of what I should be doing as, like, the next potential. Mm-hmm. You know, what's my life plan? Like, what's my parallel? Am mm-hmm. I doing anything to make it better? So I love that that's something that you're focusing on. I only think it's for the better. And thank you. Thank you, guys. Did you do any military transition stuff? So um, we actually now that we had a Veterans Day. I, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So so we actually uh, the Marine Corps sponsors some of our transition stuff in the college space. So we got a partnership with the United States Marine Corps. Um, this fall, we we've uh, we partnered at for twelve universities, and then uh, we're going to do thirty in twenty twenty two, and so um, so yeah, it was just a natural fit right uh yeah so they were like man we understand you're doing this work we would love we think a lot of students and, and a lot of student athletes have become great marines officers there's a how about we sponsor your work and then it gives us opportunity to share our message and build relationships with athletic athletic departments and so it, it's been a great partnership so far dude i love the way you the passion and, and like your just like excitement around this is just awesome it really is Man, I, I've I've done some things since I've been on football that you know I've be quite honest I've chased some checks and 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 taken jobs for 
for, you know, perfect because it paid good. And I was, again, unfulfilled, man. And, and uh, I really feel like, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's not work, right? Like, like I, and I have, right? It's, I've, I've had to do it for free and, and, <laughs> and I didn't mind it, right? So it, it's cool when, when you're doing something that you, uh, that you love and, and, you know, you get to make a living out of it. Kobe Bryant, I, I'll share this real quick. Uh, this is something, something I share um, with student athletes often. So I, I love Kobe Bryant, right? Huge fan. And I'm sorry, are we too over? No, no. we're good. Y'all can edit it out. We're just okay. We just want to make sure you're okay. We can yeah, we just want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Kobe Bryant, uh, huge fan of Kobe, right? His whole career. And, and I remember when he went in the NBA, I think I was like 12 or something, followed his career and all of that. But I was more impressed with Kobe after the NBA. Um, and I followed it closely because maybe because, you know, I work in this space, but, but it was very rare for, for somebody that achieved what he achieved to, to, to find such fulfillment, right. In life after sports. And so, and I was just fascinated by it. He, you don't get me wrong. A lot of guys and, and women who retire at that elite level, they get in all kinds of business ventures and stuff, but, but a lot, a lot don't find that fulfillment. And so I remember just thinking about it, like, man, this is so odd. And then I saw an interview, Kobe was on first take and Stephen A. Smith. He said, this was probably about a year before he passed. He said, Kobe, I don't understand you, man. He said, you don't, you don't seem to miss the game of basketball. He said, when's the last time you played? And Kobe said, when I scored 60. And, he, and you know, my last game, he was like, don't get me wrong, I shoot around with my kids, but he was like, I don't miss it. And then Stephen A. Smith, you know, he's all extra, like, I don't get it, Kobe. Whoa, what's your stick? <laughs> and so he looks at Kobe, he said, I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, like why? And then this is so profound, man. Kobe said, I made it a point to figure out what else I'm passionate about just as much as basketball while I was still playing. He said, I tell all and, and figure out what else I'm good at. He said, I tell young guys today, he said, if you wait until you're done to figure it out, then, then, you know, it's late and you can still figure it out. But he was like, it's late. He was like, like, so in, in essence, what he's saying is I'm, I'm fulfilled now because while I was still playing, I realized like what else I was put on this earth to do outside of basketball. And he took the time. And I'm not and Kobe, it's no way you could tell me that Kobe was spending as much time on his storytelling and animation and stuff while he was playing. Well, Kobe was all in, but he dedicated some mental space, some effort into figuring out, okay, it's something here. Let me explore why this fulfills me so much. And so once he was done, he again he just changed lanes and was able to freaking get an Oscar. Right. <laughs> and uh, all the other success he was having. So, so yeah. But th that's how I feel now, man. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and it's, it's, it's fulfilling work. So, that's beautiful. But, so, yeah. so where can people find, find the work that you do? Where can people find yeah. Athlete Transition Services? Yeah, man. Uh, ATScorp.org. That is our website. Um, and then uh, I think I, I like social media and stuff, ATS.corp. I think it is ATS.corp. That's our social media handles. And and then um, my personal social media stuff is uh, I am underscore Jonathan or I am underscore Jonathan or. So I'm always trying to share things to encourage athletes uh, you know, along their journey and help with their growth and development. So and the book is on Amazon too. The book is uh, Games Over Life's Not. It's on Amazon as well as our website. And we'll, so. we'll link to those in the show notes for sure. Please. So 
appreciate it. Yep. Please hey, do. JL, it is great to see you, man. I'm pumped for the next game when we're together. I'm pumped too, man. Man, it's always it's, it's it's always a pleasure, man. Always and uh, man, my, yeah, some of my fondest memories in life, um, you know, are from our days at UW. And I, and I always remember, Matt, you on the field, you were a freaking animal, a beast, and would freaking you. tear people apart <laughs> off the field. Always had the biggest smile, man, and uh, just a, a guy who loved people and, and, and loved having fun, man. And it's good to see that hasn't changed. You know, I really appreciate that. You yeah. you make my day more than my wife does. And <laughs> please tell your lovely wife I said hello. And I will. Uh, I won't tell her that part, but I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I I joke, but my my wife is the best. You know, you you knew yep. in college, she's the best. Yep. So yep. I, I couldn't be happier. She gave me a beautiful daughter. Jail, you have three kids now. Yeah, man, twelve, ten, and eight. How old is your daughter? Uh, six and a half months. Yeah. Wow. Almost, actually, almost seven months in three days. It's man. nuts, dude. Is she crawling or close to? Close. We do we do some push-ups. We haven't done the dynamic lap yet, but you know, okay. we're trying. I'm kidding. She just kind of lays around and and you know eats everything. Except okay. for her food, which is bizarre. But oh congratulations, man. Yeah, thanks. Just like her father. <laughs> <laughs> man, it, it, it is a it's a fun ride. It it really is. It really yeah. is. I love seeing your social media stuff. I'm like, oh, man, J.O.'s just killing it. Oh, man, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for having us. Matty P., anything? You guys want to talk Nashville? Nah, man. (laughs) I'm going to sign off here with an on Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay, on Wisconsin. (laughs) On Wisconsin. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.